Out here, everything hurts. You want to get through this? Do as I say. Now pick up what you can and run. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Hold on, let me just do the levels. I'm ready. Ah. Ready. Alright. I think I'm perfectly loud, and perfectly loud is just what we need at the wages of cinema for the movie that we're about to talk about. I'm Andrew, and that's Jack. We're going to talk about Mad Max Fury Road. Mad Max. Oh my god! Yes. (laughs) Andrew was waiting to say that. Um, We just got back from the theater from seeing this, and boy, are my arms tired. Um... (laughs) Okay. So this movie, let's, oh man. Um, first of all, it's good. First of all, it's great. First of all, this is the action movie that like really hardcore like action movie lovers will want to see. People who like good action movies. Yeah, action this movies, is the best mo- action movie I've ever seen since Snowpiercer. A- a- that you have seen since Snowpiercer, not ever seen. Yeah, I messed it up. It's all right, but I can see what you mean. Yeah, Snowpiercer was another superb action movie. And while Mad Max certainly doesn't quite have as much story as that movie... Um, it doesn't need it. No, there. it doesn't need it. Mad Max, very simple story. A man... In the apocalypse. In the desert. Yes, in uh, the desert. All right, so... What happens is now, this is the fourth Mad Max movie. We should say that first. Now, where this falls in the timeline of these movies, I'm not sure. I've read from George it Miller that this might be between Road Warrior and Beyond Thunderdome, but honestly... It really doesn't matter. Yeah, it it's like, be, it it's like the man with no name. It could be a sequel, it could be a remake, it could be whatever. It's just another Mad Max movie. Yeah, the man with no name, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like... Uh, Mad Max is another character like Quinn Eastwood's character where he's just... Uh, he doesn't have a very deep character, no. and he doesn't. Uh, no, if you watch the first it's movie, a, yeah, it's a the, lot the about... first Mad Max movie, which I know you haven't seen that. I haven't seen but the, the first, first Mad Max movie does set up his character a bit, you know, and that's in the apocalypse, sort of before it officially happens, when it's more like roving gangs are just you know crowding the landscape, and he actually has a wife and kid. The wife and kid get killed. He goes nuts. And but we're not going to do the whole Mad Max thing. We're not going to do the Mad Max thing. thing. We we're we're going to talk about this movie. In this movie, Max is captured by a bunch of people, and he's turned into a blood bag, more or less, because he's o po- he's like O positive. Yeah, that's, and, that, I'm glad you remind... You know, I, I was wondering why he was attached to... You know, the bloodline was attached to him. Because I, they were basically using him as a blood supply. Okay. I, he, he, that guy, one guy came in, he needed a transfusion, and that, and he brought him along because yeah. he couldn't finish it in time. Mm-hmm. So he gets caught up in this chase uh, where, what's her name's character? Charlize Theron's yes. character uh, is trying to get, is trying to take all these women who belong to the uh, the leader of this group. What's his name? Oh. The guy in the trailer with the mask. The I guy don't in the trailer with the mask well with the long names. hair and the white skin and the big mask. The guy is basically... She's the taking humong- away he's his He's humongous wives. of this movie. Yeah, she's taking away his wives and trying to lead them to safety. And yeah. Max gets caught up in trying to uh, trying to help them. First he's trying to escape and then he uh, yeah, it's eventually kind of, comes to help Yeah, them. it sort of has a, sl- a similar formula to The Road Warrior where in that movie Max, you know... Max he's, comes across he's, he's captured, he's brought into a group of people, he doesn't really want to help them, but they need help, 
you know, little by little, he gets closer to them and realizes, okay, I I should help these people out. Right. That's and really the story that you need to know. It's a very simple story. Yeah, it's pretty simple. There Unlike are another characters. action movie, Transformers. <laughs> well, and, and it doesn't. And it, it doesn't it's a very try, simple story. It doesn't, doesn't try, try to be much. Yeah. Well, the thing is, unlike Transformers, intricate. unlike Transformers, it doesn't try to be something that's not. It doesn't try to come forward and give you like an hour of useless human characters. It goes right into it. Matter of fact, like what I was saying to you when we left the theater. The opening of this movie, the first 20 minutes, are basically... That would be the climax of any other movie. There's yeah. this long chase out of the main place that, that that Max is taken to. It's called the Citadel, where Empress Furiosa... I think that was Charlize Theron's Im- name. Imperator Furiosa. Imperator Furiosa. She's supposed to take them to this uh, to this other place you know, with all these uh, uh, women. But then, of course, she wants to go her own path. And... Yeah, like it just goes right into it. Like George Miller, the director, he doesn't waste time worrying about oh, do we are we supposed to feel like are we supposed to develop these characters before we get into the action? No, they they develop as the action goes on. Yes, I like that a lot too. I mean, we, don't, we do get to like, know them a little bit. It's more. like here are the basics. There's a citadel. There's this guy who who. Uh, who has all these wives, and there's Imperator Fur- Furiosa, yeah. who is leading, who is trying to take them for you, and there's Max there. Yes. And then there's also, I mean, there is a supporting character, um, Nicholas Holt, who was Beast in the uh, the recent X-Men movies. All right. He's the, he's, the, he's the skinny guy who at first is all like, what a yeah. lovely day! What yeah. a lovely day! Yeah. And he's trying, and he's part of the same group that's trying to, to capture Max and everybody. But somehow he he's a kind of, boy. yeah, but he's sort of, Without saying too much, he sort of flips sides, I think. Maybe? Spoiler. <laughs> spoiler. I'll put a spoiler warning at the top of the podcast. Never mind. But the point is... But here's the thing that's great. It's this a- movie has great action, and it has a very simple plot and a very and very simple characters. And it's not... Uh, and you could say, well, what's it, like, doesn't a simple plot mean that it's bad? It's like, no. The plot is there... And it fills us in on the action. Yes. It gives us a greater context. And this is full of action. Yes. It, you know, you do get to know enough along the way with these characters. I mean, you do get to know that, yeah, that there is this uh, whole vendetta regarding... Not vendetta, that's the wrong word. But, like, this whole plot revolving around these women being broodmares uh, for this guy. That basically he wants to breed, like, and a again, new you don't flock spend, of children. You don't spend 20 minutes on it. You just say... Oh, he's using them to read, and now they're gone. You pick Next. up a line here, you pick up a line there, and, you know, again, this is a fully cinematic experience, not just in the sense of the action, but also the look of the film. The fact that George Miller puts so much attention into how these characters look, and you know that, you know, all of these villain characters, all these people chasing our heroes, they just look insane. Yeah. The, the way that they're designed, like, you know, for one thing, the guy's mask, and then... Um, all the details of the cars and, you know, plus all the, the dirt, trucks, all the machines, the trucks, everything's oh, cobbled and, together in a really interesting way. And, but they throw in the thing that makes it different than your garden variety post-apocalyptic movie though, is how much crazy is in this movie. There is a lot in this movie that's just insane. The fact that George Miller isn't content to just have like a chase sequence. He's already done that. So what does he throw in? He throws in... 
people banging drums and a guy playing guitar with a flamethrower that has a flamethrower attached to it. That was one of the things that made me wonder in the trailer because uh, (laughs) Road Warrior was very spare film, and it was like nothing in in that film seemed like like. Everything in that film seemed like it needed to be there. And I'm like, well, now you have this guy with a flamethrower guitar. That seems kind of silly. How is? <laughs> but who how cares? does this fit into a post-apocalyptic world? But again, who cares? It's just there, and it looks cool now. It looks cool, but I think it also adds character. It adds that extra something that puts this... Because, you know, it's... A lot of these action scenes, you know, you could almost say they could, that they could be tighter or shorter, but... The way that they're constructed, you always know what's going on. A big problem I have yes. with a lot of action movies right now, you know, specifically movies which I have been... I'm not the one who created this term, but um, they use a term called chaos cinema. And that's what happens when you're watching an action movie and the cuts are so fast and the action is shot so closely that you can't tell who is fighting who or what is where, in relation what, to each where other. Where people are in, in, in space in relation to yeah. each other. See, now, what's like, an example of a film like that? Well, I mean, the the, boil, the the boilerplate example of that was originally the Bourne movies, like the Bourne Ultimatum, although those are slightly better made anyway. But then you have like... At least in the Bourne you have, movies, you have like only two or three people fighting, so you don't have yeah. to work very hard or, to figure out who's who. Mm-hmm. Uh, Quantum of Solace, I think, was one... Uh, Actually, frankly, the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises sometimes yeah, they fell have, into that problem. Some of their flaws have to do with the way their action is cut. Yeah, and then um, some of the Taken movies, I think. Some of I haven't seen any movies. of the Taken movies. Yeah, but but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that, like there's I, I've seen tons now. of action movies where I where I I barely know where everybody is or what they're supposed yeah. to be doing. But in but in Mad Max, you de- you know exactly where everybody is and what's going on. Yeah, the flavor of the action is still consistent from even the first Mad Max movie. Again, I know you didn't see it, but that starts off with a big car chase, and in that, the action for 1979 is cut really fast, and yet. Even though it's frenetic, there is a sense of space. There is a sense of, okay, that character's there, he's coming there, there's another car that's coming that way. And, you know, it's weird because in these car chases, there are like 10, 15 vehicles at times yeah. chasing our heroes. And, you know, I'm sure if you wanted to study the movie frame by frame, you'd probably be like, hey, what happened to that car? But yeah. at a certain point, you do, it is a movie where, again, a guy is playing guitar on a rig with a flamethrower attached to it. You have to suspend some disbelief. I think you're right. Um, let's talk about Tom Hardy. I thought was really good. Tom Hardy did not have to say much. No, which but, is great. Well, that's the thing in the Road Warrior. Not because Max, he's bad. I'm just saying. Well, in these movies, Matt, it's a great, the Road it's a Warrior good performance. He Matt makes the Max most of what he does. Has 16 lines throughout the whole movie. Right. So again, talking about the man with no name, it's like. You know, less talk, more action. More actually doing things, you know, you know, and it's a fully physical performance. Like, there, you know, for the first part of the movie, he has that giant cage mask over yes. him. And he it, he still, you know, that was a thing about when the Dark Knight Rises, you know, when he was Bane, you know, he had a mask covering himself, but his eyes are very expressive. Yeah. So that, that kind of helps him. And in that part of the sequence, that has having to, like, he's attached to the front of a car. Yes. And at times you just see him and like his eyes are bugging out. He's like, Aah! watch out for my head. Yes. Um, 
also uh, Charlize Theron was quite good. I thought she's yeah. kind of like the heart of the movie. I thought if yeah. you could say that if she's like the closing of heart, but she's still a badass. She's still the one who's created this. Ri- this you could truck. you could claim that she is the protagonist the, the protagonist of this film. Huh? She is the one making all the stuff happen. Interesting. Max is basically along for the ride, and he helps so out. So if so if Max is Clint Eastwood, then Charlie's Throne is Eli Wallach. Yeah, I'd say that. And uh, what's his name with the crazy face he, mask? He's Lee is, Van Cleef. He's Lee Van Cleef. Yeah, you have the good, the bad, and the pretty. Yes. <laughs> Um, and then you also have, I mean, in these movies, again, it's all about seeing this world that's built up and, you know, full of sand and all these different elements. There are things that... <laughs> a world full of sand. Yeah, it kind of is. And there, again, there are just surprising things that happen in this movie that I feel like one of the great things is that, yeah, you could say the Road Warrior is more spare. And with this one, George Miller realized, okay, I have to up the ante a little bit. You know, it's been 30 years since the last uh, Mad Max movie. That's a so tricky thing, though. It, it can Oh, it can be. Uh, he could have... This could have easily fallen into the... It could have uh, just George been Lucas a series thing. of references to previous works. No. It could have just been a sort of mindless... Uh, I like that a lot. It, a mindless it could have been game, the, like, one-upsmanship of himself. One word. Terminator. It could have done that. You mean, we saw the Terminator trailer again today. Yeah. How many references are in that? That whole movie just looks to be like, hey, remember this thing you like? Remember that thing you like? Remember Get Out? Yeah. Remember I'll Be Back? Remember all... And you know, like, this movie has two references, I counted. Two references to the past movie. One is, at one point, you see a character... With a music playing box. Playing with a music box, and that was prevalent in Road Warrior. And the other thing, of course, is Max's car. Yeah. Which I really liked how Which that was, was used. barely in the film. It wasn't in the film much, but I liked how it was used because you see it at the start, and then the villains retrofit it into their, like, yeah, scheme. They seize and it. then at one point, Max is like, you know, the, all the big chases happening. Looks like he's like, that's my call. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one moment where he becomes really, like, alive about something personal of his. Yeah. Um, oh, but I, was about, well, I was about to say before, though, like, surprising things. With this budget, that giant sandstorm, which is sort of like the first climax of the movie, that is just man, I, like that's the kind of sequence that why here's I want to see crazy, this movie again. Here, here's the thing, right now, I am I I was really overwhelmed by this film, which I had a feeling would happen when I saw it. I saw that trailer and I thought, well, this is this looks really impressive. This looks really intense, and uh, this looks it, like no it, other movie I'm going to see this summer. It lived up to that trailer. Yeah, and this wasn't like when last summer, as you might recall, and I don't know if you went to go see it, but you know they had the new Godzilla movie, and that just kind of something about that just kind of disappointed me. I I didn't see it in the theater; I saw it later. But yeah, it's disappointing. Uh, it, that's it has a movie its own where merits, but uh, the, those it, don't outweigh its flaws. Yeah, it that see that's an example of a movie where they were got they got some little things right, but the overarching thing of you know, remember in the Godzilla movies, we don't really care that much about the human characters. Stop trying to make us care about these people. Mad Max, I think, though, they do a good job of actually getting us to care enough about these characters. Yeah, they stop for a little bit to give these characters some time. I mean, there are, I think, four main action sequences in here. Like, four big action sequences. Yeah, I could say uh, that. And they're... And we get a little breathing room in between where where everybody gets to talk and where... 
and you know they don't give any big speeches or anything but they they interact in each other in in meaningful ways mm-hmm. uh yeah like uh, the, the pacing you didn't the, need, surprisingly for a movie this a lot of a lot of uh, character talking it's it has just the right amount yeah sorry to talk over you it's all right the for a movie this intense, there are enough moments, though, where it does, like you said, slow down, and then you can suddenly, like, oh, okay, so this is what's happening with this one. This is what's happening with that one. Um, one, if I had one little nitpick, this is not enough to derail me from saying this is one of the best movies of maybe the year, but a little nitpick. Okay. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Those moments where Max flashes to, like... The, the people of the past that he's, like, wasn't able to save. Well, maybe that was a good device. I don't know. Like, I feel like I've seen that in a lot of other movies. It certainly wasn't overused. I, know, I, there's at the that beginning, moment where he I wakes was, up from the dream and he's like, oh. Yeah. At the beginning, I was I was wondering, you know, there, there's a bit of narration. And I was just thinking, you know, is this narration really necessary? I would have... The whole thing could have played out a whole lot better if it, if uh, if it was if it was gone. Let that whole be opening yeah, scene just play out. I, that's one of those. things It's not that, strictly necessary. I mean, but no. that's a nitpick. Yeah, no, that that's the kind of thing I, that Tom you can Hardy tell... talks so little in this film that you you, you can't you can't j- j- I, you have to give him a few the, more lines the, to speak. The, yeah, I mean, he can't be just a solid. Steve McQueen type of block of granite, but I think what they the reason why they did that was two things. Now the Road Warrior be, also began with that narration. However, in that case, that was more useful because that jumped ahead in time from the first movie, and they had to explain. All right, now the apocalypse has happened. There's oil that's going on right here. The well, first, they had a lot to explain between Mad Max and the Road Warrior. They kind of did. They kind of did. That's There's the thing that surprises me. I just I haven't seen Mad Max. I've seen I the might Road lend Warrior. It to you. Uh, and uh, when I, I saw, I was watching trailers from Hell, and I saw the tra- trailer for Mad Max, and it's very, it's a very different looking yeah. film, and probably a, well uh, than Road Warrior. Road Warrior is all desert. Mad Max takes place in like a normal place well, where there are civilizations and like Mad Max. It's, was it's like made. the apocalypse hasn't happened, and somewhere between both movies, something happened. Now we're in a post-apocalypse. That's kind of like if uh, Star Wars suddenly become a became a western or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mad Max was made for even less money than uh, the Road Warrior. Like the Mad Max, I think was only made for like three hundred thousand, so they couldn't. Like they had to use what they had. Like I think the movie was made with yeah. like I think they were originally doing a documentary about cars, and then they realized, you know, we have all these great cars. Why don't we do something with them? <laughs> oh yeah, let's make this crazy movie with ca- characters like the Tow Cutter and the Night Rider. Fury Road has a lot of crazy character names. Like, one of the fun things, if you stick around for the end credits, they do something which I don't really see that much in movies anymore, where they list the actors' names like in big type. Like It's not just like a credits roll. And you see the characters' names with them, and it's just like... Yeah, like Ma- like uh, Tom Hardy as Max, and Charlize Theron as... No, but everybody yeah, else. Yeah, and, and then everybody else gets that, too. Yeah, and everybody else's names. Like, you don't get someone here just named Joe. Yeah, and you probably didn't even know their names from earlier from earlier on. You're <laughs> no. most likely to remember them like, oh, yeah, that guy with the metal hand, or the one with the face mask, or the one who uh, swallowed all that yeah. spray paint. Yeah. 
It's like each movie in this series ups its game. Not that and... that's a problem, but still. It's, oh, no. Uh, it's... <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's actually not a problem, remember, although... You'll remember what these characters do, not their names. No, no, Which, no, no, in no. a way, I think works in, to this film's advantage. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the sort of Western influence uh, on okay. ma- on films like Mad Max. Aside from Fury, aside from the man with no name element. Right, aside from that. Uh, Road Warrior is in essence a Western where a drifter rides into town, yeah. helps out uh, a, a bunch of people for, uh, against you know these sort of outlaws, doesn't say much. Uh, he's in it for himself, and ev- yeah. you know, eventually he learns to you know to do work a little selflessly. The, I would say this uh, film kind of follows that same sort of yes. sort of logic. I, I was thinking about it during the film because I I was so overwhelmed by the action that I had to withdraw inside myself for mm. a little bit, and I was thinking maybe this is like a reverse The Searchers. Hmm. Reverse the searchers. It's John Wayne in the searchers is looking for these kidnapped women. Yeah, instead, and, and, yeah, and that's instead, a good point. Mad instead, Max he's with the helping, kidnapped women. Yeah, and instead, nice. uh, Mad Max is helping these women to escape mm-hmm. from the civilization. The opposite and of the searchers. My favorite scene is in that canyon where the mo- where the motorcyclists are chasing them, yeah. and Charlize Char- Theron's on the on the roof with the rifle, and Max is driving and blasting out of each window with a pistol that's that's basically where it gets the most western yeah that's it's basically like, a stagecoach it's ride a, it's a stagecoach ride you're right mm-hmm yeah like and you know th- it's interesting that you point that out because a lot of the characters also in road warrior as well in fury road um like they they have crazy hair yeah. just like his indians had the headdresses and um, the, the the guys in the canyon they they look like they have feathers. Mm-hmm. I, I doubt that they intentionally tried to make them look like Indians, but still, it's uh you know, the visual. You, you do have a similar visual motif. Yeah, it's a neo-apocalyptic western. Yeah, if that's way to put it. And not a depressing post-apocalyptic movie. That's why I stay away from post-apocalyptic films. I'm like, ah, this is it's, everybody's dead. It's not depressing. No, but it doesn't take. It, it doesn't give its characters room to breathe. It. No, and that's actually something that I just need to say really fast that I appreciated much more about this movie than Beyond Thunderdome. Where Beyond Thunderdome, that was kind of like the Return of the Jedi of the series, but not even as good. Where the first half of the movie is like Jabba's Palace, and only Mad Max is in uh, Barter Town. Okay. And that's where Thunderdome takes place. Two men enter, one man leave. The second half of the movie is where Max gets mixed up with these like lost boy kids and it's like they're trying to get back to a city and they mistake max for this guy named captain walker and like it seems confusing it's kind of it's kind of lame like and in that movie there's a lot more hope it's a lot more cut it's like a pg-13 mad max movie this movie (laughs) without saying too much there's a moment where the characters you know they're trying to get to a certain point and you know, you keep thinking, all right, they're going to get there, they're going to get there. Now, should I say if it doesn't happen or not, but um, I'll just say things aren't things aren't bleak, but they're not hopeful. No. Uh, but everybody has this, everybody acts like, well, the apocalypse happened. Let's get beyond that, and now let's keep living our lives. No one's like, oh, the world was so much better, and oh, this world sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everyone's like, well, this is our world. 
let's get on with it the best way we can now. Mm -hmm. Something I just thought of with this movie that I love, again, like little details that you, the filmmakers don't have to explain it. You just see little things and you wonder, huh, okay, there's a whole other thing going on. Here's a whole other type of story. Like there's this one part where they're driving along and it's one of the choir moments and they see like these people on stilts. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Like their characters, they reminded me of the dark crystal and, uh, (laughs) and, I'm like, who are these people? Are they just nomads? Is that what's happening now? Nomads? Yeah. Maybe. They or did. also like You never saw them again in the film, but yeah. they were there. Or Nicholas Holt's character, he at one point is talking about like his two friends and he points to like giant tumors. Tumors on his his body. Like those are little details I love that like okay, like yeah, I guess he would have those tumors, and he couldn't get them operate on this. And one of the villain's henchmen, the guy with the sort of nose covering, mm-hmm. he has these really fat, swollen ankles. Mm. Something I also thought was interesting, and I, don't know, I know you probably don't know this, but George Miller, the director, he used to be a doctor. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and it just made the, some of the a certain scene involving a blood transfusion kind of interesting. <laughs> that must have been kind of funny for him. The fact yeah. that he knows that, all right, this is kind of ridiculous, but we're in Mad Max. But it makes sense within the context of that world. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and again, it's it's like, a, and a lot of this, again, is very rock and roll, heavy metal atmosphere. The characters, again, are super grungy, super dirty. Um Again, it's like the searchers reversed on steroids. Yes. If that's a way to put it. Um, I don't know. So any other words you want to say about this movie? I I just think this is a very simple story. Very simple characters told extremely well. And sometimes that's all you want. You don't you, want, you don't want Game of Thrones style plot twists and you don't want and you don't need characters who have an intricate history. I mean, everybody has their own history in here, but it's all underneath the surface and you have to assume what's going on. It's and very primal. The a- right. The action takes center stage. Uh and it's complemented by a very simple and well-told story. Yes, it is the essence of cinema. I think a lot of people have said that a lot of great movies early on, especially in the silent era, were involved chases. And you could say oh, that heard... more than half of yeah, Mad Max think. Fury Road is a chase. Yeah. A long, uninterrupted chase, uh, and you know, ma- broken up by little character moments. And that's George Miller just expressing, like, pure cinema. Well, think about great moments in cinema. The, the chariot race in Ben-Hur, mm-hmm. the uh, the cars, the the car chase in Bullet, the French Connection subway chase. The climax of The General with uh, Buster Keaton. Yeah, and uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah. I've heard, because cinema is a visual me- medium, I've se- heard people say this, that the the most cinema of all cinema is, is the action film. Yes. Yeah, I've heard Tarantino say that a number of times. I heard it on Welcome to the Basement, so uh, ah. we heard it from different places. Well, uh, well similar. So I probably heard it from there, So too, but... this is great cinema. It is. Like, you don't you usually think of... You heard it here of, first. You don't usually think of something as wild and bordering on, you know, just being an exploitation movie as, as Fury Road, as great cinema, but it is. It's a filmmaker being able to express a lot... Without characters, even when characters say things in these movies at times, like during the chases, like if you didn't, if they, if they didn't have sound coming out of their mouths, it would still work. Yeah. 
it would the still be effective. The music's great too. Oh yeah, music's awesome. Very classical score and a, a great choice, uh, considering considering the visual aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Deserts, was... machines, classical inspired score with a uh, with a blind flamethrower guitarist. <laughs> I want him to go on tour. I want him to like. I would pay money to see that guy. Yep. Granted, he would both. play only the same two words, but. All right, so I think that kind of wraps up for now. If uh, if you guys want to hear more, check us out on uh, SoundCloud.com slash Wages of Cinema. We're uh, also on iTunes. Subscribe and comment on iTunes. We uh, we're looking to get your ratings. Tell us what you think. If you wanna tell us we suck. Tell us in a long comment how we suck. Tell we'll, us that we we'll have our it. heads up our asses and we'll frame it on our walls. Um, you can email me at jackatnell at yahoo.com. And you can also message us on Facebook. I think there's a way to do that on the page. And uh, We think so. We're not sure. Yeah, no, I think there is. <laughs> but you can tell us uh, if there, you want a movie for us to see, and maybe we'll try to see it. Um, and we'll be back very soon for another uh, inst- uh, installment of The Wages of Cinema. Which are death. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! <laughs>